Rod Walker, sports columnist over at the Times Picayune, New Orleans advocate, joins the show today to talk a little bit about what the Saints have achieved so far, how they improve as they get healthier, and the importance of a win in Seattle. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day every day. And remember, we're available for you free on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson, NOLA, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And today we're going to be welcoming on Rod Walker of the Times-Picayune New Orleans Advocate NOLA News. So much work around being done as one of the best sports columnists in the business. Very excited to welcome him on the show. Before we get to the interview, I want to let you know today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our good friends over at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. Look, McDonald's is more than just a place to get tasty, affordable and fantastic food. It is an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, everybody, welcoming on uh, a very special guest for today's episode of Locked on Saints, Rod Walker, columnist over with NOLA News and uh, the 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 advocate and Times-Picayune. Gotta love all the great work that's being done. It's Rod Walker at Rod Walker. NOLA, we got the Twitter handles popping right now with the NOLA Twitter handles. How are you, man? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, absolutely. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Very excited to speak with you. And uh, you know, you and I have gotten to connect a couple of times through training camp. And then, of course, that first home game with the New York Giants. As much of a disappointment as that game was, over the course of the first five games, the Saints three and two heading into the bye week. How important is it for this team right now to have that winning record heading into this break? Well, I think it's definitely huge, man. I mean, if you look at this team, you know, if they come in, if they go into the bye week having back-to-back losses to the Giants and the Washington football team, two teams that I think most of us probably had, we pegged the Saints to beat, you know, when mm-hmm. the schedule first came out. So, I mean, those will be two really bad losses, especially when you consider how tough the schedule is about to get, you know, going forward with the trip to Seattle and then, you know, back-to-back against Tampa Bay and Atlanta, and then you go to Nashville to play the Titans. So, yeah, I think they had to have that win on Sunday. And, um, you know, it wasn't – the prettiest win, but you know, they won and in the NFL, that's what you got to do. You just win and you, you know, you move to the next week. But uh, yeah, after letting that Giants game slip away, man, you, you had to come back with the win or, you know, we'd have a lot of doubts about this team right now, regardless of how many players are missing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, head coach Sean Payton talks about it all the time. Does it matter two or three weeks? You look back, it's either a win or a loss. There's no context to it. I mean, even to this point, when we talk about the loss for the, uh, for the Saints, Back in week two, up against the Carolina Panthers, we rarely really talk about the um, the the missing coaches and all those things that we were sort of watching at the beginning or before heading into that game. So such a an important piece now. The Saints three and two before the upcoming matchup against the Seattle Seahawks through these first five games to have the winning record. But what has sort of been the winning formula for the New Orleans Saints when they are looking at their best? What's the thing that they're doing really well so far? I think the thing they do well is I think defensively they play well when they're not turning the ball over and I mean the defense is good enough to to win some games the offense doesn't have to they don't have to put up 30 points to win a game 
There, mm-hmm. You know, there may be a point of the season when they have to, but I just think the defense has been, you know, pretty solid other than that Giants game when <laughs> they let Daniel Jones uh, be Man. named the NFC Offensive Player of the, of the Week, which, you know, nobody saw that coming. So right. um, I think this defense is good enough that they're going to keep this t- team in a lot of games. And I think James is going to continue to get better and better. And I think eventually I think it's all going to come together for this team. I, I don't think it has yet. I mean, this team is three and two, and they're nowhere near close to being where they can be. And you know, this yeah. is three and two with a win over. Now, I don't think we talk about that Green Bay win <laughs> enough, but that was a huge win, man. And it, yeah. You know, if this team is three and two and they had lost to Green Bay and beat somebody else, I mean, you might not – be as optimistic, but that Green Bay win should, you know, make people a little more optimistic. And this team, they went through some some stuff too. When you look at the uh, going through the evacuation, I mean, that was a lot for a team to have to deal with. So they've been mm-hmm. through a lot, and they survived it. They're three and two, um, four and one. I mean, you you could have, they could be, they very well could be four and one. They're a, a meltdown away against the Giants from being four and one. So I mean, I think if you're a Saints fan, I think you should be pretty optimistic about um, where they are right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not as if the NFC South is already out of reach or anything. I mean, you're talking about one game separating top to second place there, the Carolina Panthers dealing with some injuries here recently. And so they've fallen off from their hot start a little bit. So the Saints very much in the mix here. What are the things that they need to improve moving forward? And obviously those returning players will have a big piece to do with this. But when you look at the offense, the defense, what are some of the things that they need to improve to be able to stay in the mix here in the division? Yeah, I think the the, the biggest concern for me right now would probably be the pass rush. I just don't know if they've mm-hmm. been getting a lot of pressure on these quarterbacks. Um, obviously, look at the sack numbers, which, you know, it depends on how, you know, some people don't view the sack numbers as that big of a deal. They look more at, you know, hurries and all that. But you, you still want to get some pressure on these quarterbacks because, you, again, I mean, you look at who the, they've played Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones. They haven't played Tom Brady yet. They haven't played Matt Ryan yet. Um, so those quarterbacks are a lot better than who the Saints have faced already other than I mean obviously Aaron Rodgers is you know arguably the best quarterback in the league or definitely in that conversation but yeah they're gonna have to get some pressure on 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 the QBs and um, I think offensively I mean you still want to see that passing game open up a little bit more you want to see those guys um, I mean Marquez Callaway he's made some big catches but his numbers probably aren't where we thought they would be based on the preseason I mean he can't we thought Marquez would you know we thought he'd be at 25, 30 catches by now. And yeah. Not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's only got 21 targets so far on the team. He's actually still targeted less than Alvin Kamara at 22. And those are the only two players that have been targeted for this New Orleans Saints offense more than 20 times. We haven't seen the passing volume really pick up up until we saw 30 passes from Jameis Winston against the Washington football team. Do you expect that to be something that continues to tick up after the bye week? Yeah, that's actually something I wrote about today a little bit. I think Sean Payton, I think as this season progresses, I think that those numbers will go up because Jameis has been in the low twenties for the first four games. And he, he got up to 30, as you mentioned against Washington. And, you know, some of those pieces come back, you know, everybody, we've talked about Michael Thomas and Trey Quan Smith, when those guys come back, um, you know, you, you, you like to see James's numbers go up because I mean, the more the Saints are running the ball, I mean, t- teams are going to continue to key on Alvin and, you know, that's going to eventually catch up with you. So, um, yeah, you like to see those passing numbers go up. I don't know if you want them to go up too high. I mean, you may not want Jameis throwing 40 and 50 passes a game. But sure. you know, I think right at 30, I think that's pretty you know a good number. And if you can keep them around that way, I think the offense is really balanced. And I think that's when the Saints are probably more dangerous, you know, when the offense is really balanced like that. Absolutely. 
In just a moment, we're going to talk more about how the New Orleans Saints game, how everything kind of changes and improves as they move forward here beyond the bye week. But if you had to look at maybe uh, one spot where this team has gotten their motivation early on in the season, for me, it's Demario Davis. You know, with the with the loss of with Drew Brees retiring, sort of that leadership role being out, uh, you know, that was kind of vacated here for the Saints, and it feels like Demario Davis has filled that. How important has Demario Davis been to this team, this defense so far uh, here for the uh, Saints' early portion of the season? Uh, he's he's the heart and soul of that unit. I think he's the heart and soul of that locker room. Everybody looks up to him. His career is it's pretty amazing, man. You think about where, where Demario is with the Jets and the Browns and nobody in the NFL probably. I mean, I'm from Mississippi, so I've known Demario since high school, but you're a casual <laughs> NFL fan, probably had no idea who Demario Davis was. I mean, he's just right. he was kind of just lost in cyberspace almost. And, you know, he ended up coming to New Orleans and it was like the perfect fit for him, you know, and um, he got into a system where that really worked for him. I mean, he plays like you, you think he he's in his 20s the way he plays because he's just, yeah. you know, he just gets around on the field. And, yeah, he's been a, you know, when you look at the free agents the Saints have signed over the years, I mean, other than Drew Brees, it's going to be hard to find one that has been more, um, important to this team than Demario. I mean, he's just stepped in and just like I said, he's been, he's the glue of this team, man, the glue of the defense, and he makes that that unit go, man. So um, definitely, he's a guy that you don't want to see this team play without. I mean, knock on wood, he doesn't ever get injured because he's you know he's an instrumental part of. It. All right, y'all, more with Rod Walker on the way as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Some players set to return to this team. How do they impact? Uh, the offense, the defense, and are there going to be some players we're going to see sooner rather than later? We'll talk about that and much more with Rod Walker. But first, I want to let you know today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our good friends over at McDonald's, who, of course, have been serving communities since 1965. And McDonald's is more than just a place for you to get tasty, affordable food. It is an unofficial community center. It's a place where families and friends go to reconnect. Doesn't matter if you're the home team, the away team, teammates, competitors, you all have the opportunity to stop in at a McDonald's and recharge. It's the place that you're always looking for when you're stopping on a long road trip and you need to rest your legs and refuel. McDonald's has you covered. They've also got free Wi-Fi as well. I know I've I've gone to McDonald's a bunch of times for fantasy football drafts because, hey, I'm going to get a little bit of a snack. I'm going to have myself some dinner and I'm going to get through this fantasy football draft and rule my fantasy football league because, you know, I stay winning like that. And McDonald's was a big part of that to make sure I had everything that I needed to be fueled and ready to go for those drafts. If you're coming from a little league game, I remember stopping there uh, after church on Sundays, all of that. So really, really fantastic uh, memories for me uh, over at McDonald's. You can go ahead and start building those memories as well. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. And hey, did somebody say locked on Saints viewing party? Go ahead, get it set up. You know what? I'm loving it. All right, y'all, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. We've got Rod Walker here, sports columnist for uh, the uh, Times-Picayune New Orleans advocate at Rod Walker Nola on Twitter. We need to get Jake Madison up in here. So we have Nola Jake, Ross Jackson, Rod Walker Nola. Just get all of us all in one place. Uh, Look, Rod, I know that you're in the midst of a busy time here, but, you know, so I appreciate you very much for taking the time and coming on and being a part of Locked on Saints. Uh, As we look ahead for the New Orleans Saints after the bye week, We've talked a little bit about some of the the things that they've done well, where it is that they can improve. What are some of the other changes that you might anticipate 
for the New Orleans Saints, starting over on the offensive side after we get past this bye week? I think we'll see more of um, – I think we'll probably see more of Alvin, first of all. And, uh, mm. and when I say more of Alvin, I mean, you know, there was a game against – it was a Giants game. He didn't even get any receptions. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to have to utilize him more. But you have to be kind of careful with that because you don't want to overutilize him. I, I, you know, he had to come in and return some punts the other day, which uh, I mean, he can do it. But, I mean, you, know, right. you don't want to see him just taking – too many, too many licks. You know, he said after the game that was the hardest lick he had ever taken in his time in the league. But um, I think the key for this thing is going to be those offensive linemen, though. I mean, you, when you get Teron and and um, Eric McCoy back, I just think you know that they're going to be able to jail. And to, to Sean Payne's credit, I don't think they've dropped off much with the line play. I think the guys who who have replaced those two have come in and, and done done well. And we haven't really been complaining about the offensive line too much, other than. I guess Pete stepping on James's foot. Uh, <laughs> we haven't we haven't complained about the offensive line much, which you know that before the season started, I said if you lose anybody off of this starting five, this team's in trouble. But they haven't missed a beat up front, I don't feel like, and they're only going to get better when you when you bring uh, McCoy and Armstead back. Um, I, I think the receivers. I mean, again, I keep going back to Michael Thomas and Trey Quan. I think that's going to be the, and we don't know exactly when they're coming back, but I mean, we think it's soon, just based on what Sean's been saying. So, I just think. You know, once you get those two guys back in the fold, his offense can be a little bit more explosive. Um, I'm curious to see what Sean does with, with Taysom. You know, Taysom's a guy. Sure. And uh, I mean, let's assume he he's you know comes off a concussion and, and it's fine. But you know, Sean. You know, you go back to that Giants game. You know, Sean he used Taysom a lot, and almost to a point where you you wonder like if if you're, you're throwing off Jameis's rhythm by, you know, it was just so much back sure, and forth. And yeah. in. And so I, I want to see how Sean handles that. You know, I don't know if he, if that's good for this team or if it's something that you may have to scale back on just so James can kind of get more into that flow. Um, but I mean, on the flip side of that, it, it does keep defenses off balance. So uh, I'd be curious to see how Sean handles that. Yeah, that'll be really interesting to watch. I, I want to go back to one of the things that you mentioned. I, I had a similar feeling about the offensive line to where, if they lost one of those starting five, for me particular on the interior, I felt like the depth was better on the on the on the outside That's at the right. tackle spot than the interior. Right. What is it about the New Orleans Saints offensive line that they, they're able, or maybe it's the coaching, maybe it's the scouting, whatever it might be. What is it about this offensive line to where it continues to perform regardless of how far down they have to go down the depth chart? It's not always perfect, but they're always a little bit better than you expect when injured. Yeah, I mean, and this has been going on for. The past three or four years, like in every mm-hmm. year, you're like, uh oh, Teron's out, uh oh, Pete's out, whoever. Mm-hmm. And they've just been able to plug guys in. And um, I mean, part of that obviously is just they have some guys who are versatile and they can slide guys down. I know there was the one year, I think they maybe two years ago, and they had to slide Pete out to tackle. But you right. know, they've, been able to, they've been able to do things like that. And uh, I mean, I, I credit the coaching staff for being able to do that and find the guys who can, who can do it. Because again, like I said, before the season started, I just thought, man, you get past those first five guys, you're going to be in trouble, and, and they haven't been. So I won't ever say that again. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say, look, I'm not even worried about the offensive line anymore. They're going to be fine. You can lose three more guys this week, and they'll still be fine. No, yeah. you probably can't do that. But um, So, yeah, they, they just, they've done a good job with scouting, I guess. I mean, that, you're able to put guys in that, that fill in the gap for, you know, two really good players, two of the best two at their position in, in the NFL. and. Yeah. not miss a beat that says a lot about your team yeah it's pretty incredible i mean they got to one point during that washington football team game where they only had actually one starter playing in their actual position 
after Andrus Pete ended up going out for a, a little while, although he he did come back. So uh, obviously some improvements coming back or reinforcements coming back on the offensive line that should lead to some improvements over on the defensive side. Are you where are you expecting to see any uh, of these improvements coming with players coming back? Um, you know whether it be against Seattle or I mean David Onyemata is not eligible to come back until week eight, but how impactful are these returning players on the defensive side for the defense moving forward? Oh, man, um, you talk about Davenport coming back. He's going to add some, some you know, the, the pressure issues that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He's a, a quick fix for that, you would think. And, uh, if, I mean, Onyemata, I mean, he's probably, I mean, he's probably the most underrated guy on this team, I would say. I mean, yeah. he doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, I mean, you can maybe make an argument for Marcus Williams, who's probably a little underappreciated by casual fans and got around the rest of the league. But, you know, those two guys, um, as far as, as guys coming back, though, I mean, I think Anyamada is going to be just huge for this team. And he should be well-rested, fresh, ready to go. And, you know, I think he'll just give them – I mean, this team, you know, they've done pretty – you know, done okay stopping the run. But he just he just adds another dimension to the to the defense. And the defense allows – that was a concern coming into the season. I mean, they lost mm-hmm. Sheldon and lost Trey Hendrickson and all that. So we were concerned about how they would do and – you know, so far this season, I mean, they haven't really put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So getting those, getting Davenport and Onyemata back are going to be huge. Uh, oh, I didn't even mention Quan Alexander. Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, he'll be big. But, I mean, the linebackers have held up. I mean, Pete mm-hmm. Warner's playing lights out. And so um, credit to the linebackers, man, because that was another area that, you know, outside of DeMario, I didn't know how good those linebackers were going to be. And they've stepped up, you know. Quan, you know, played well when he was here. And the guys who filled in for him played well. Yeah, we had a lot of question marks about the secondary too, particularly the cornerback position. Now, all of a sudden, that cornerback spot feels strong, and it's it's very different than what we had anticipated coming in. Uh, let's start with Marshawn Lattimore there. How incredible has his play been so far this season? Well, if you had asked me this question last week, <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't have had a lot of good things to say, but man, when you, when you saw how he played against uh, um, McLaurin on um, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Man, he was – I mean, he got defensive player of the week, says a lot of me, six pass breakups. And he was just – when you get that Marshawn, man, and you can tell this defense is just so much better when you get that Marshawn. For sure. Um, and then you look at the week, week before, you didn't get that Marshawn, and, and you, you saw what happened. But when he's playing like that, I think this defense is at its best. And uh, you, just, you just you just wish you could get that every week. You wish you knew you could get that every week, and you just, right. you just don't. But, yeah, I mean, he's – He's a tremendous player, one of the best. He, you know, he got he got paid this offseason, and he showed Sunday why he deserved to get every bit of that money. So uh, you'd like to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Has Paulson Adebo been a pleasant surprise for you so far this season? He has. I mean, he's been up and down, but, I mean, I probably, you know, again, this is one of those weeks where you caught me on the up. So, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to give him his props this week. He, he did. I thought he played well. Um, yeah. You know, and he has a lot of confidence for a rookie, and, you know, if you're a rookie and you get you have some of those bad games, I mean, you could easily, you know, kind of digress a little bit. But he doesn't. He sure. bounces back. And that's kind of mentality you want your cornerbacks to have, man. You know, you're going to get beat some plays. You're going to have some rough games. And you got to shake it off. And he, he does that. He has a lot of confidence. And that's what you want to see. So, you know, he's a guy that I don't know if a lot of Saints fans were talking about him before the draft. And. He wasn't a guy that everybody was like, oh, we need to get this guy. But you know, I think he's come in and proven himself, and I think he's his career is only going to get better, I think. 
Yeah, he's been he's been a, a good surprise. He was somebody I slapped my name on a little bit earlier than maybe I should have. So I was a little terrified when the Saints are out. I was excited, but then I was like, oh, no, if he plays bad, I'm going to be my mentions right. are going to be wild. <laughs> so I've been very pleased <laughs> with the way that Paul Zanadimo has performed so far. On to Seattle for the New Orleans Saints as they shift their focus as we continue on throughout the week. We're going to talk about how important a win against the Seattle Seahawks away from home would be for the New Orleans Saints more with Rod Walker coming up. But first, look, in life, we're all bound for different things. And with beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, discovery, togetherness, bound for immersion, for rejuvenation. And for all we know, you might be bound for encountering the unexpected. And listen, beachbound.com, they were really helpful to me here recently because I'm about to have my first ever beach resort stay. So I know what I'm bound for, right? I'm bound for this honeymoon to be fantastic and relaxing. When I get the opportunity to do something like this, I'm trying to relax. I'm not looking at screens. I'm not doing all that. I just want myself, a great view, a fantastic person, my beautiful bride going to be there. And then we'll have probably some tacos because I love to be some tacos. So we're getting all that taken care of. And no matter what it is, that is the perfect beach vacation for you. You're going to be able to find it now with beachbound.com. Go and check them out. What are you bound for? Huh? Go and find the answer at beachbound.com. And of course, don't forget about our extremely good friends over at rockauto.com who have supported this show forever. Not only have they been supportive of the show, the network, they're supportive of you. They're a fantastic support system when it comes to taking care of your vehicle. It doesn't matter what make, what model, what year vehicle you have. They have the parts, pieces, and accessories to get you taken care of, and they cut out the middleman. None of this having to buy resold parts off of somebody that you don't trust. None of this having to go to the brick and mortar stores and overpay for the parts that you can get directly from a manufacturer for much cheaper. That's what Rock Auto does for you. They're not cheap parts. They're just easy and affordable prices. It's the same parts that you're getting from all those other brick and mortar stores, except you're paying the manufacturer directly. So it makes it a lot cheaper for you as a do-it-yourselfer, paying the same price as all the professionals out there. So go and check them out. Whatever it is that you need for your car, truck, or vehicle, rockauto.com has you covered. And hey, don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you, right? Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section at checkout as you get everything that you need from our good friends over at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. As we continue on and as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, Rod Walker is here uh, at Rod Walker. Nola helping us break down and look at what the New Orleans Saints have done so far and what's coming up next for them. Uh, Rod, they have a, we're, we're a little bit early here out to kind of look at this game, but just sort of in a general sense, there are some things we can already sort of take away from the upcoming Seattle Seahawks game. No Russell Wilson. Geno Smith is expected to be the starter for that matchup. How how important would a win in Seattle up against the Seahawks team, even with a second string quarterback, even going up against a second string quarterback, how important would that be for this New Orleans Saints team? I think it'd be good. I mean, this team, you know, they go to four and two then, which is obviously a, a big deal. Seattle is typically a hard place to play in. Lately, it had it's, teams have been teams have been able to go in and get wins lately. I can't. I saw the stats the other day, and you know, teams are, are kind of winning there now. But it's mm-hmm. still a tough place to play, and they're still Seattle. I mean, they're a good team. They're going to be in the playoff hunt, especially when Russell comes back. But, you know, I think I think the Saints catch a break because Russell's one of those quarterbacks that would 
give this defensive line fits probably because because mm-hmm. of what he can do. Um, so they're catching a break in football. You, I mean, you need breaks sometimes. And so I think it's good that they get to catch Seattle without him. And if they can go up there and go four and two and have back-to-back wins for the first time, it'll be, it'll be good. And this is a team that last year, the Saints bow was also right after week five. Mm-hmm. They end up winning seven games in a row. Like Sean Payton really seems to do good. Like right after that bye, because you know, I'm, he's good at fixing problems. I think so. I think you give him two weeks, and he's gonna figure some things out. You're gonna get some guys back healthy. So I think you know, I think going to Seattle and getting a win will be huge, especially when you look at you know what's coming up the week after that, which is the game that everybody's going to be talking about. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to skip ahead, but <laughs> that, that Tampa Bay Halloween night game is. You know that's going to be big here, and um, again, going into that four and two is a lot better than going into it three and three. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that Halloween game is going to be. I mean, great programming first of all by the NFL to give the uh, to give the New Orleans Saints the greatest one of the greatest cities in the world, but a really fantastic Halloween city. A Halloween yeah. game up against a division rival where the quarterback used to play. I mean, it's it's. Right. It's written very well so far. I wish it was a, it needs to be a night game, though, right? It should be a yeah, night game. Yeah, I wish it was, too. It's, it's yeah. like 3.30, but yeah, if it was at night, it would really... I mean, you know how New Orleans is on Halloween nights. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I, I do think that the appropriate verb for what that will be, or adjective for what that be, is turnt, because it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that's going to be a fun one. And that's only the Saints' second home game uh, coming back at the beginning of the season. They'll go through the first eight weeks of the season with only two true home games because they were displaced and had to host quote unquote their first game in Jacksonville. So a a pretty kind of remarkable circumstance there. Um, We talked about the expected uptick for Jameis Winston and his attempts before we get you out of here, Rod, just want to take a look at the Seattle Seahawks defense, 32nd ranked in the NFL right now. They are on kind of that historic pace around where the 2014, 2016 Saints defenses were, but no quarterback to kind of put them in a situation or not the same quarterback to put them in a situation to be able to take advantage of some shootouts. The expected uptick in targets or attempts for Jameis Winston, is this the right time for him to be going up against the bottom-ranked defense in the NFL? Yeah, I think it definitely is the right time. I mean, Sean has shown in those first few weeks that he doesn't mind running the ball, but I think this is a chance to be able to do some other things and and open it up a little bit. I know a lot of people have been talking about taking the training wheels off of Jameis and all that. So I think this is a game that we we may, you know, finally get to see that. And, uh, again, we don't know the injury situation on who's coming back at receiver, but this is a team that I think you can, you know, probably try to do that against. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on the Saints defensive side, no Russell Wilson, but still a ground game where they like to focus in Seattle. They've been pretty good against the ground game so far. Are there any things that you're looking at early as potential vulnerabilities for that Saints defense going up against Seattle? I don't. I, I I think the Saints defense, as far as run, I think they do a good job of slowing guys down for the most part. Uh, to me, they have their biggest trouble when you have a mobile quarterback, and mm-hmm. you know, just I just think that's where <laughs> you see this team, you yeah. know, get get in trouble. So um, I think they should be fine defensively, of course. I mean, and I, I go back to Marshawn. I mean, if you get that Marshawn that can, you know, lock down uh, DK Metcalf, you know. You, you're in good shape, but I mean, DK is obviously a big physical, fast receiver. Yeah. Uh, but Marshawn typically gets up for those kind of guys, and you know mm-hmm. he'll bring his A game. And I think you know getting his defensive player of the week. I mean, I just think I think Marshawn's gonna be Marshawn now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is an opportunity for him to 
continue to rise up the way that he does up against those premier wide receivers, like you mentioned. Uh, and you know, maybe crowd noise will be something to watch out for, for the yeah. saints defense. But I mean, Hey, if the crowd noise is the worst part, then I think you're probably in an okay situation there. And I mentioned Marshall. I mean, I should give him credit for he's playing with a cast on his arm. I mean, I keep forgetting that. I, I, know, I really genuinely keep forgetting that. I'm the same way. In fact, when I was talking, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm kind of saying he's been inconsistent, but hey, this dude's been playing with a cast on. <laughs> and that's like, let me let me back up a little bit and give him his his, his props for, for for playing like that. I mean, that says a lot about him. And, you know, he kind of joked about some interceptions he probably could have had if he'd had a, that cast on his hand. So yeah, I mean, he's he's been he's been balling, man. I'm I'm sorry, Marshawn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we apologize, Marshawn. You've just been playing so well uh, most of the time that we forget about the cast. Uh, that has been my my issue from the very beginning. Rod, I, I really appreciate you coming on and for joining us. For more work from Rod, make sure you check out uh, Times Picayune New Orleans advocate over at NOLA News and check him out on Twitter at Rod Walker NOLA. Rod, we appreciate you coming through, homie. Uh, no problem, man. All right, family. One more big thank you to Rod Walker of the Times Picayune New Orleans advocate NOLA News. Phenomenal to have him come through on the show. Certainly not the last time that we will see him. Thank you again, everybody, for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Get everything that you need about the NFL in less than 30 minutes from NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. And of course, on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be welcoming in our good friend, Ricardo LeCompte, a long-form WWL Wednesday. He's here for us with the entire show. We're going to go through some superlatives, offensive MVP, defensive MVP, most disappointing we're going to look at all of it in tomorrow's episodes. So make sure you're following along over at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A on Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.